0: So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the show where they come Army share their thoughts on all things town. And, um, well, don't be alarmed. There's no main flagship show to start the week. That'll be in later in the week. The boys are off and it's just me and Hifi. And as you know, Heafi is recovering from surgery. So he's given me the reins to bring a fan social early in the week. But we've got John Watson, the King of the North, and Liam uh, making his return on the fan social to talk about. Seven straight wins. Eight clean sheets in a row. What a big win it was for the boys at Derby. And uh Fabio Wardley also won his boxing match, 16-0, 16 knockouts. Some congratulations to Fabio there. But um get yourself nice and settled in, ladies and gentlemen, as we talk all things town and have a big win for the blues. Uh John Watson, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Um, we were roomies in Derby, a great weekend with a Kawi army. Um, how's things? And I'm sure you've been able to catch up in the sleep because,
1: um, yeah, we didn't sleep much, did we? No, well, thanks first and foremost for having me back on, Ross. Good to see you and good to be on with Liam. It's always nice to um, be coming on a fan social, especially on the back of uh, another win. You know, let's be fair, we're we're riding the crest of a wave at the moment, aren't we? So lots of positivity in the air. I had a great weekend hanging out with lots of uh, the KOA army and catching up with new people and familiar faces at the ground and around the stadium and stuff. It was good. And obviously, it was a terrific performance. So, yeah, it was a it was a really good day, a really good weekend. Um, getting over some tiredness and uh, maybe I felt a little bit hungover on Sunday. Mm, let's not go there. But yeah, I'm getting a bit long in the tooth for some of that. So, yeah, yeah, great weekend. Um, but simply the football was brilliant in itself and the result was even better, wasn't it? So yeah, thanks for having me back and looking forward to get chatting about, about the game in a little bit more detail and also where we're at, at this point in the season with what, eight games to go. And it's it's exciting times, isn't it?
0: Very exciting times indeed. Um, Liam, let's bring you in there, my friends. Um, you were there in near the ends. You also said you watched the Fabio fight. Let us know about that. But how's things and welcome back?
2: Thanks for having me back on, Ross. and um, yeah, same to you, back to you, John. Um, yeah, thanks for me back on. What a great weekend it was for town and for Fabio. Yeah, I did watch the fight. Um, he didn't have to do a lot, but he did everything he needed to and won. So he's still champ and he's got another fight coming up. So yeah, he's done really well. So and what can I say about the performance on Saturday? Um, it was absolutely fantastic. And it does make this a lot easier and better and more exciting to talk about. And it's so exciting that at the end of the season now we've actually got some football that we can enjoy, we can watch, and we've got something to play for, which it's been quite a while since we said this, isn't it? So yeah, it's gonna be great.
0: Yeah, it is, man. It's it's gonna be great. And um, I want to give a big shout out to um Liam from Crew, other Liam, um, who actually set us up with the Airbnb. And I thought he deserves a little mention. Um, of course, my, my normal driver, Matt Macon, drove me. Um, Liam and Ollie um, to, to Derby but yeah shout out to Liam from Crew. if you ever need Airbnb assistance Liam's your man sorry Liam you're going to get in inbox loads of people but he did a very good job and it was a great great um, uh, weekend in Derby and of course it added extra because Town won two goals Connor Chaplin George Hurst with the goals John just to start off this chat on the win uh, overall thoughts on it my friend
1: well I think it was a statement win wasn't it It reminded me a lot of the Bolton game a few weeks previous. Um, I was a little bit more confident going into this one than the Bolton um, game just because of the momentum of the run we're on and the belief that all those wins gives the players and the fans alike. Um, But we turned up, we showed up, we bossed certainly the early stages and the majority of the match. And um, to come away having beaten Derby twice now this season, um, you know, we're taking... Six points off them. Bolton were drawn at home right at the beginning of the season and won away. Um, Having been beaten by Chef Wed. obviously Plymouth did beat us at their place and drew ours. So, you know, I think not only was the win massive, it was having had that slight pause for the international break and to get straight back on it. And that momentum now is... Nobody's going, oh, we shouldn't have missed that game or or oh, that's the end of our run. It's just on with it. And it was a hard test going to Derby. I mean, the Derby fans um, always make me um, smile and the, the generally have always created great atmospheres when I've been both to the old ground and their the current ground. Um, I was there for the 4-4 those years ago, which was one of the most bizarre games I've ever seen. Um, you know, when McLaren did his half-time team talk and they came back from 4-1 down to the 4-4. And the derby fans were relatively noisy but one of the biggest things for me was the noise the Ipswich fans made and the kind of the atmosphere in the away end which made made the experience of not only the win being in the away end but and also kind of that the keeping the run going It just a combination of everything so overall terrific team performance and you know I know we'll, we'll talk about individuals and there's a few players I would like to talk about but I think the key thing is saying that it was a team performance all the subs who contributed, all the players on the pitch, nobody let themselves down. Nobody had a bad game. You know, I always play, um, you know, guess guess Andy's and Well, it's always Andy's actually, Andy's um, play ratings. And, you know, we, we actually talked around the table and asked the, the, those questions. And most of us were very similar to Andy. In fact, we thought there could have been a few nines from a few players rather than just sevens and eights. You know, that, it was that kind of performance. So, A really strong solid team performance that just keeps the momentum building and um yeah the atmosphere from start to finish but especially the end which i know we'll talk about was just brilliant so yeah a very enjoyable saturday afternoon um from start to finish really but lots of great great players to talk about and that's what's making it so exciting at the moment because we're not just talking about the one player or all, if that one player comes back from injury or whatever like that, you're talking about every single player contributing, which is brilliant, isn't it?
0: Yeah, as you said, team performance. Um And Liam, let's start then with just the start of the game because it was a very good start for town before, of course, we get into the first goal, which is an um, unbelievable goal. But uh, yeah, we're just coming back from international break. So we had a few weeks off um, and we're back and it was a good start, One, not Liam? Your thoughts as well?
2: So, yeah, so from the start, so... Derby's fans were really up for this and they were really trying to shut us up the whole game and they were really trying to sort of be the twelve man for their team. And I really think that our fans made a difference through the whole game, which I'm sure will come to the togetherness of the fans and celebrations at the end. But yeah, start of the game. I, I was a bit concerned that they might be a bit rusty having a week off. I know obviously they played Spurs, but it's different in a behind-closed-doors game when you're playing a league game against a team of a high standard such as Derby and they didn't miss a beat, did they? I, I really think what McKenna's done in the training sessions this last two weeks, whatever he's done is working and is improving. I really think that sort of the concentration, the togetherness, there's little things that are paying off, which we talk about individuals, as you said, John, it's worked and yeah, start of the game. They were fantastic. I think, some of the best I've seen them play all season. In all honesty, that was really good. Um, yeah, couldn't couldn't argue or say anything wrong. And no one played badly at all, did they? So, yeah, I'm sure we'll come to the game as it goes.
0: Yeah, like I think we were expecting a very high game. This like in terms of tension yeah. and just you know, it's Derby County. You know, it's Town, big game in League One, two very big teams. You know, thirty. I think it's 29,000, just under 30,000 fans. So it was always going to be a, a big build up for this game, John. And, you know, it started well. And then Conor Chaplin with his 20th goal of the season. Great uh, yeah, the goal itself from starting from Walton. And, yeah, the rest we, we all know about. But thoughts on the goal. And Conor Chaplin, 20 goals for him.
1: Well, before we talk about the goal, let's talk about Conor Chaplin. He's an infectious character, isn't he? And, like, it, it was brilliant to see the club put out some stuff the next morning. He was already doing kind of um, some. Work with some um, children with disabilities. I think it was, and um, I saw him after the match when the players were coming out to get the coach. He went straight over to all the youngsters and he was shaking hands and signing autographs. And he he loves um, his football, doesn't he? And I know on the main pod we talked about Andy's talked about how um, enthusiastic he is. It's not just a job to him; he loves his football, and that comes across in the way he plays. He's infectious and he, he's tenacious and he's hardworking. And, you know, at the end of the game, him and Wes were out on their knees. They were absolutely spent, to use a Mick McCarthy. They were goosed, weren't they? Absolutely. Because he put so much in, he absolutely works his socks off for the team. Um, and I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, everybody, including me, were saying, have we got enough goals on the side? Um did we need that 20 goal uh 20 goal a season striker and we've got a number 10 who's gonna get 20 league goals hopefully um he's only got his his 17 league goals and three cup games yeah so you would hope that in the rich vein of form he's in he might get another three let's hope we don't need the playoffs for him to add a few more let's hope it's clinched by then but um he is on bang Bang on form, and that goal was just a thing of beauty, wasn't it? Um, Fast, pacey, direct, but just real quality throughout. Everybody involved in that played a real part. And Conor Chaplin was so courteous to his teammates, saying, I had the easy part. He buried it well, though, didn't he? He took his opportunity well, but the speed of that counter was fantastic.
0: Yeah, you, you know, you think a defender was on the floor, and Connor Chaplin finished it. Um, Liam, your thoughts on the goal? You know, great attack, got a counter-attacking goal, um, and yeah, Connor Chaplin, twenty goals now, seventeen in the league. Great finish.
2: When was the last time we had a number ten that got this many goals? He's he's playing another level, isn't he? Yeah, um, I think he could fit into a championship team tomorrow, like pretty much any of them. I don't think there's many that he wouldn't. And yeah, he's absolutely incredible. But that goal. Um, it's got to be up there from the best Ipswich goals in recent times. Is it? It's going to be goal of the season. Is it too early to say, or do you think? Yeah, it's. It's getting discussions,
1: won't it? I think. I mean, it's it's great that we can have a discussion because actually, exactly. I, yeah, exactly. You think about her score at Bolton, what a thing of beauty that was as well, uh, and that pace of counter again, and it was different, but it was similar yeah. in the sense of you know we got the ball and rather than just. Passing it for for because we can keep the ball. It was passing the ball in an aggressive, pacey, purposeful manner, and the speed and, and accuracy of it was just wonderful.
0: I love Wes Burns' as header. You know, you'd, you wouldn't expect that. I won't say Wes Burns doesn't head the ball, but it was, that was all, that, that's what I loved about that goal was that 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 last bit where Wes Burns it and then Connor Chaplin finished. And yeah, Liam, and I, I want to mention, I want to chuck him in already because he, he, I like him, I love him, Nathan Broadhead.
2: What a he player, what a signing. Because <laughs> <strong. laughs> obviously, to start with, he, he struggled. He didn't exactly fit in and start off really well. But the last sort of month, he's really come into his own, has not he? And he's really improved. And he's been such a difference maker every week and every game. And he did it for Wales as well, didn't he? So it just shows how good he is and what a difference he's making. Yeah, he's he's really impressed me so far. and hopefully this injury, touchwood, we won't be out for too much long.
0: Yeah. Um And yeah, John mentioned, I just wanted to chuck in Nathan Broder. He was on the list, but I, bought, I thought he was part of that goal. And I thought he had the confidence come from the Wales um, debut and goal. And then he brought that into this game on the return.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember when Andy was on the main, I've mentioned Andy too many times. i are going to have to talk about Stuart Market. A little bit, but Andy talked talked ages and ages before we signed him about Broadhead being a player he was really interested about Um, and I spoke to you know, obviously from Sunderland, he was on the lower at Sunderland last year. I spoke to a couple of my mates, so um, back at home. And my mate Andy said he was a really good player, and I really enjoyed Not Andy. And this is Andy Foster, though, so um, <laughs> different, different Andy. Yeah, I do know more people than just Andy's. Um, So my friend Barry, he told me that uh, uh, no, but Broadhead was really highly rated at Sunderland, and they wanted. I think they would have loved to have kept him. Um, So I was really looking forward to seeing him. And I think, although he hasn't been magnificent in every single game, the contribution he makes is always really vital. Yeah, Yeah. he's not maybe not as influential in the sense of the whole game. But every time he's on that ball, he's, I think I said to you on Saturday, Ross, he, the ball sticks to his feet and he runs at people with purpose, with pace. And defenders just don't want to play against him. And he's so direct in his running. Um, he's just a really tidy player. And he's obviously, you know, how why wouldn't you be confident? You, you're in a side that's won seven in a row. You've just made your international debut and scored on your debut. You're scoring for your new club. I think the fans are starting to sing your, your name over and over again. He's getting a little round of applause when he was taking the set pieces with uh, Leif Davis being out and stuff. Um, he must be really enjoying his football. And I think maybe the adjustment was fitting into our system of um, probably the work rate because at Wigan maybe he didn't have to work quite as hard. Um, but he, he he makes such an impact. I think is the word the best word for him. And how I, I'm I'm a rubbish footballer anyway, but. At my best, I'm terrible against somebody with pace because I'm slow and big and strong, but he would terrify me. And he had um, their number 34, I've forgotten the guy's name now, um, on, on toast. Um, he just didn't want to put his foot in. Um, I trying to
0: think his right. name now. I don't, know. I don't know if they're 34. I think it's actually Cashin. They're a really good player. They're a really good like, young centre-half. But Bear would be, yeah. I'm going to double-check that. Carry on, John.
1: Well, I just thought... He, I think out of everybody in that first 25 minutes, I think he was the player who caused the most damage. I think Wes grew into the game and had um, probably the same impact across the whole game as Broadhead had, but I think Nathan Broadhead had his major impact in that right at the start of the game, and he just really set the tone. And it's interesting uh, for the goal, he was ended up being on the other side, didn't he? He was on the right, and he, he crossed the ball in um, for Wes, wasn't it? To do the cushioned header, and but he he can run at some pace, not quite at Wes Burns' pace, but he's still nifty. He'd fly past me, I'm sure. Um, So, well, that's not to say that. But, um, you know, I I think he's been a terrific signing. And if you you think about the four signings we made in January, um, all four of them have made a huge impact, haven't they, in their own way? Um, And all seem to be uh, fitted right into the squad. So that must be... Testimony to the the guys they are, the quality of they are, the man management at McKenna, and also the recruitment team, because that just seemed to have really well um, gelled. You know, we can talk about Mass, you know, he's here, he's there. Um, and you can talk about Hurst, I'm sure we will. Um, probably Clark's the quietest one out of the four in this game to talk about, but all four of them have really contributed.
0: Yeah, they have. And uh, the defender um, I got wrong, Cashin. Wasn't the man. It was Jake Rooney. Rooney. I don't think any relation to Wayne Rooney, but uh, Jake Rooney was number 34. Um, He was the one who was on toast by Nathan Broadhead. So, um, yeah, unfortunate for you, Jake. Um, But Liam, um, let's talk, though, about Derby getting back into the game. And that was maybe the only negative from the weekend um, in terms of them giving that extra pressure just before half-time. McGordrae had a really good chance. Then they had the ball in the net in in the second half of the first start. Um, Offside goal. Loads of different opinions on it. Um, But what, what are you feeling like in that away end when Derby had a bit of pressure and town were just all a bit edgy there?
2: So I think as the first half went, I don't necessarily think their concentration went. I think they couldn't keep up the pace because as they started off early, they were trying to go quick, passing it down the field. And I think they sort of got tired, countered, tried to sit back. And then Derby sort of got more into the game and then they scored, which wasn't a goal, of course. I have to say, I thought it was holding on what one in the box, I'm going to say, because me and my friend thought it wasn't a goal. And then obviously Derby was celebrating. We were like, no, but Ipswich were owed for some luck. Regardless if that was a goal or not, we haven't had much luck all season, have we? With penalty decisions, goals not being goals, some... Great refereeing, which is what we're used to in League One. So, yeah, it made a change that we did that. And just for half-time, I thought they were really struggling. And I think them holding on was really key to their to all their personalities and them as a team sort of sticking together, staying in it. And they managed to hold on, which I think managed to make a big difference in the game, didn't it? But even if they conceded, I still think they would have went down second half and scored. I don't think it would have affected the game massively, really, personally. Yeah,
0: I think we had, we've got goals in our team now. So exactly. Hope, yeah. yeah, we can, we can definitely score the goals. And uh, John, as I said, um, as Liam said, we, you know, getting the rubber to green now, we're actually getting um, some, you know, penalties. Or not we're not actually getting. We've get, we got some penalties recently, but you know, Walton great save um, against Bolton, and then this one, yeah, an offside goal for all out. We had the harness goal against Barnsley at the start yeah. of the season, which we still can't believe. But we're now it's now coming our way.
1: Yeah, I mean. If I was a Derby fan, I would be disappointed that goal was not given. So I'm going to say that because I, I would have said if it was the other way around, but how, however, we have seen enough of our side this season to, to say that we deserve that little bit of fortune. Um, I actually think having watched it back dozens of times now and enjoyed all of the, 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 the videos of, of the celebrations and all that kind of thing, I've watched the, their goal back quite a few times. And I think it's holding on Burgess that they actually gave it for rather than on Walton. But McGoldrick, the the corner before McGoldrick was interfering with Walton a bit. So I'm not quite sure, but ultimately it didn't count, did it? And McGoldrick should have scored in the first half with his header. I thought it had gone in from an angle. It was hard to say. But actually, you know, we know what Didzy, as much as I love David McGoldrick, and I still think he was their best player, uh, and if he was ten years younger, my God, what a player! Or even five years younger, he's he's still got quality. But what what David McGordrick did in that game um, was what he used to do for us. Got frustrated that he couldn't influence the game as centre forward or as the number ten, whatever you want to say. And later on in the game, he had to drop deep, and he was collecting the ball all over the place, and he was trying to do. You know, Alan Judge tried to do that for us at times. You know, in in our relegation season, Alan Judge wanted the ball everywhere, but then he stopped being effective anywhere because he was just trying to be everywhere. Um, And McGoldrick was their best player, but the the, the referee didn't give the goal. I'm not going to cry about that. I'm not going to be disappointed. I actually was calmer in that game, Ross, in the way ends than I am at lots of games because I just felt that if they had equalised. Yes, the pressure could have come, but we were playing so well and certainly started so well. And I believe in this team. I I thought, actually, we're not going to be beaten here is how I honestly felt. And as an Ipswich fan, I can't say I've often felt like that. So um, I'm not saying it will always be like that either, but I wasn't as stressed or nervous as I can sometimes be. And I think we rolled their spells out quite well. I think McKenna said we were calm heads. And I think that was a fair, fair reflection, you know. Um, so I'm not going to cry that there, not Count, too much. Um, I think I would have been upset if that was us. But that's happened. You know, it did happen at home to Barnsley, you know, the first game of the season. There's, there's the equivalent. Move on. It happens. We oh, all have to do well.
2: John, I was the same as you. I was completely calm, even though they were riding the storm, so to speak, attacking and we were sat back. I was like, we're going to clear the ball or even if they score it's not the end of the world because we can go down the end and score so yeah I felt exactly the same as you and being an Ipswich fan you don't say that very often at all do you? (laughs) No No.
1: absolutely and I think having Christian Walton back in in confident form he's never been in bad form he just wasn't perhaps as strong as he was earlier on in the season but you know the, the clean sheets have to help the keeper have confidence and the back four and the whole team but He came came out and caught a few balls, claimed a few balls. Not particularly. They weren't all really brilliant chances, but he just had absolute confidence. And then he fell on the floor and held the ball and made sure, which annoyed the Derby fans, which made me smile. And, you know, I thought he he managed that really well. And again, that spreads confidence through the fans, certainly through the players. So, yeah. Did you... Sorry, go on. Then. Sorry, I
2: didn't interrupt you. Did you notice at the end, he was bantering with the Derby fans? And during the game, he got a coin chucked at him or something as well? Yeah. He got oh. something thrown at him because he picked up to the ref and showed the ref he was not happy about it. And then I think because of that and keeping a clean sheet, he sort of turned around and gave it to him. And it was really funny. <laughs> it was great because he yeah. deserves it. 'Cause he got abused all game and he played really well. So you can't ask much more from him, can you, at all. And I think you're right. I think it's the confidence is why he's playing well. Because for example, the Plymouth game at home was one of his poorer games. And I think it was pure confidence. It's yeah, it was a confidence issue. And I think whatever he's done mentally, he's turned a corner and he's hopefully will carry it on now for the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and as we're talking about it, and let's do it, you know, a club record extended. A clean sheet, eight in a row. Um, and, of course, we've got to give credit to the defence as well. Cameron Burgess, Luke Wolford and um, Harry Clark, And also, Leif Davis, replacement for this game, Greg Lee. Uh, we'll get into him a little bit in a minute because there's good little have a little section on Greg Lee for him to get parachuted in and, and play and play really well. Um, let's talk about the second goal. George Hurst, fox in the box, three in a row. Um, sorry to all the funny um fans out there, Mark Beck and Matt Make and all that. But um, George Hurst is the man scoring the goals. Liam, thoughts on the goal. Another good run from Wes Burns using his pace. We know he's got pace, but he did really well. And then George Hurst there, proving why Kieran McKenna has been chasing him for ages.
2: I have to say, I've never been the biggest George Hurst fan. Um, I watch a lot of EFL football generally. And his first run at Portsmouth was Portsmouth, wasn't it? He was all right, but I wasn't sold on him. Then at Blackburn, obviously, he didn't play very often, which you're not going to in that team. And he only came on. And you're not going to make much of a difference. And I noticed at Ipswich, when he first joined, that was confidence as well. And it seems as if he's done the same thing. And yeah, whatever he's done as well, he's improved a lot. And I think that could have been one of his best games Saturday. Um, Yeah, he played really well. And he's... He's definitely in the right place at the right time. He's a different striker, obviously, to Lodapo. But, yeah, he's he's coming in now. And I, I feel like he's going to be starting most weeks from now on. Lodapo's done nothing wrong. But it's just how can you not play him if you're going to be scoring in the right place at the right time? And he's tired it. Sorry, space, he'll create space to tie players out. So, yeah, why would you not?
0: And I'm going to put my hand up here later, I mean. John, Liam, my witness, I wasn't, I didn't really think much of um, George Hurst when he first signed, when he first cameoed. Same. Same. Um, but once again, we're, we're judging him for like maybe 20 minutes of football and he's, you know, he's probably not got much confidence. He's not scored at Blackburn, not played much. He's come here and he's now had a run of game, scored some goals. And yeah, I agree with you. Definitely played another really good game on Saturday. Has a good game against Bolton um, and Shrewsbury as well, scoring a great goal there. But this was definitely one of his best games for the club. And yeah, great goal. John, thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you both slightly because I think when you hear him speak, I don't think he's the kind of guy who lacks any confidence. Um, he, He seems a very confident young man. You compare... The interviews when they joined between Broadhead, who's quite quiet and shy. Hurst kind of sat back in his chair and like was say on this, and that. He's I think he's put maybe got the attitude of a centre forward, which you you know, a centre forward needs, I think. Um, but I do take your point. I think perhaps it was more about not fitness, but match sharpness. He hasn't played yeah, as much. That's as he what would. I think he could have been more yeah. so. Yeah. So, and but let's also presume I'm right in my logic here. I'm going to show my work. It's McKenna wanted him, knows what he's about, has put his arm around them and said, this is, I, I wanted you, I want you to do this. I know you can do it. And that's only going to make him feel better. And I think in, in doing that, he's brought out best in Freddie as well. Let's be fair. Yeah. Freddie's form hasn't got any worse. Just Hurst has uh, arrived and he's done the business. Um, but, you know, I thought I, it was kind of, most of us would name probably the same 10, um, starting 10, and it was probably 50-50 between Hurst and Ladapo up to a few weeks ago, for most of us I think, um, and the Bolton game was the, the time it changed I think, because I remember saying beforehand I thought he 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 would run across the line of the centre halves, whereas Freddie would just do a more a narrow um, runs, I think Hurst more mobile and more He's a different kind of physicality than the Dapo. Um, and I think his work rate is makes it sound like Freddie doesn't work. No, his style of play because he's more mobile and he just keeps going. He, he he not only goes up and down the pitch, he also goes totally across the pitch as well. And I think he deserves his chances because he, he he kind of makes it happen a little bit, a little bit like Chaplin that kind of. Is, is running for the team, so when the ball came into you know, I think Wes's pace he, that was as fast as I've seen Wes run for a long time. He was really, he, he beat his man, didn't he? Yeah. He really went for it. And I, you, you thought, Oh, I wish he had scored. I didn't realize at the time how much um, Hurst had to come back to get that ball. I thought he was more in line with the ball, and he, but he took it really, really well um so yeah fair play to the guy he's come in and right now if somebody said would would you want us to sign hurst i would say yeah because mckenna is getting this out of him so um i wasn't sure about him but i think he's been an excellent sign a really excellent sign um but partly not just for his contribution but like i said i think he's brought big fred to the table even more because since January, you know, as soon as he was linked, Freddie's game improved, didn't he? So um so that that's a double uh, a double plus for me.
0: Yeah, and I think they'll work well together in terms of, you know, substitutions wise, you know, Freddie came off the bench and uh, you know, maybe didn't have a chance of goal, but he, you know, I'm sure he he knows his role and Hurst will know his role if Dappo goes and scores goals as well. But um Liam, let's mentioned one player coming in to replace um a superstar on Leif Davis um had a hamstring problem. Uh, but Greg Lee comes in and wow, what a performance from him. His first start, I think first league start since January. So um, yeah, your thoughts on him? Good 90 minutes from him.
2: Brilliant. If you want to come in, if you've not played the game for a while and you want to make an impact, that's exactly what you do. I noticed they did slightly change the game plan for when Davis plays in. Obviously everything goes down the left and they slightly tweaked it and he didn't push as high forward, but it worked and it worked really well. And I'm sure Lee will be playing over Easter because if you've played like that, you're not going to not play him, are you? Because if you played against a top six team, you played really well. And, and obviously you're playing some other teams of similar levels. So, yeah, I'm really impressed how he did. I didn't think he was going to have a bad game, but I didn't think he played that well, if you get what I mean. Yeah, because I
0: don't think he's even been in the match day squads. Because I no, think, not for
2: a while. No, no so
0: not. I think he's been fit and ready to go. Because um, you know, of course he was one of the he was the third man, weren't he, for the international call ups? But then you know we know what happened. He wasn't in the in the um, the Jamaica squad. Um, but he hasn't been in match day squads because maybe we haven't needed that sort of replacement for Leif Davis. There, we need other roles. But but yeah, John, thoughts on on Greg Lee then making his return? You know, fitting in really well.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's never let us down as he's been. I said to some players, be- some players, some of the lads before the game, um, that I think he's probably the, the unluckiest man in the squad because he's got somebody, you know, if you're one of the four or five central midfielders at the team uh, in the squad, sorry, you've got two positions to vie for. But when you're full back, it's either you or you, you, your kind of squad mate who gets the nod. And Obviously, Leif Davis has been fantastic, hasn't he? And, um, you know, his assists and all that, and his work rate up and down the side. And at the beginning of the season, when Davis was still getting fitness, um, we were changing fullbacks, you know, on 60 minutes, um, and Lee played quite a few games, um, at that point. And I like his physicality, I like his strength. Um, but again, it says something about the squad and how well it's managed. I mean, he's a terrific character and a cr- terrific, um. Athlete and he did really well. and I, I totally agree with Liam. I wasn't worried beforehand that we, we were having to play Greg Lee, but I don't think anybody would have said Greg Lee should have been in, uh, ahead of Lee Davis. But my god, he didn't let himself down. In fact, he he, he really stepped up, didn't he, and performed well. Um, I, I, I know a couple of the KOA guys have been trying to start a few chants about to the theme of um, Jolene. Gregory, Gregory, you know, uh, I won't bother you with singing. It. And what was the other one they were coming up with? To the past the Duchy um, on the left hand side, past the Gregory on the left hand side. You know, I don't know.
2: Uh,
1: maybe they'll catch on. But the, the guy did great, didn't he? Um, and let's be fair. I said McGoldrick was Derby's best player. Um, I think Mendes Lang is a real handful. He's a physical guy. I mean, he's got shoulders like a bull, hasn't he? He's a big brute. Um, That kind of Truro-esque in his kind of stature in some ways. Um, And Greg Lee maybe thought, well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to stand up to you. And what I liked about the tactics as well, when when Mantonis Lang was running with the ball, Broadhead did drop in or Luongo or Morsi. He he, didn't leave um, Lang by himself too many times. And he is a dangerous player at uh, League One level, you know, probably championship level as well. So, you know, all credit to Greg Lee. I think he came in and did brilliantly. So it must be hard coming back in when you've been out for so long. You're not quite in the flow of things. But it says something about how training goes and how they're managing that because every time somebody comes in, they seem to be able to cope with it. So it's, it's, it's brilliant, really, isn't it? Yeah. I think that – sorry, Ross. I
2: feel like that says it about the squad. They all see their chance and opportunity and they know that they've got big shoes to sort of fill. And they know that they're playing for places, which is great to have healthy competition, isn't it? It's really good.
0: Yeah, it is good. I think we were going to talk, weren't we, boys, about the just the team itself. We've, you know, we've mentioned this already on the podcast for many weeks now, which is good, but partnerships. Um, and as we mentioned, it's, this was a team performance, you know, a team goal, um, individuals doing well, but it was just a, a team performance. Uh, John, I know you wanted to mention, you know, center ass, Massimo Luongo, Sam Morsey partnership, you know, Massimo luongo has got got a charge do you, want, do you want to sing it?
1: He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Yeah. Massimo, Massimo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, we, we've all said the same thing dozens and dozens of times. This is no reflection on Humphreys. You know, it's not. We all like Humphreys, we all think he's done brilliantly. So that's all been said, and I totally agree with that. But let's be absolutely clear. That Morsi is immense. He's a brilliant player for us. But having Luongo alongside him is just like having another Sam Morsi in many ways. They're both complete midfielders. They both can put the foot in, they both can run with the ball. They can both find a pass. They can break play up. And I think Luongo has been uh, you know, excellent in, since he's got in the in, in the side. He's taken some of the pressure off Sam, maybe, or maybe Sam is just able to play his own game. Even more so, um, but that pairing, yeah, it's an experienced pairing, isn't it? But they're both what 30 plus, aren't they? Sam's 30, that kind of age. Um, yeah. so, um, you know, according to the roster, should be like shot or put out the pasture or something. Uh, but according but, to me, I want
0: to say John, about this. In a while I do regret bringing this up last season, I only say it for players who are done, all right, if they are just rubbish, and we had a few of those. But Massimo Luongo, you know, less quickly. He's 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 thirty. He's thirty. Sam Woolsey, I think he's thirty-one. But they're very good players. that they're so they're fine. I won't I won't be sorry. I was trying
1: to tell you do a bus there, Ross. Uh, yeah, yeah, no,
0: that's fine. It's my own fault. But um, you know, I should stick with it, really. But if they're rubbish, they can go. But if they're still good, they're in their they're in their prime right now. They're in their prime. If they're oh, a goalies, really? they're not even hit their prime yet. But um, carry on, John.
1: I think I think it's fascinating though to think like what's five six weeks ago we were really worried what happens if Sam gets a booking what happens if he misses a game who's going to play alongside Humphreys would we have to push Wolfie into midfield would we have to play somebody who's not fit and then suddenly we've got Morsi who fantastically avoided getting a yellow card again and you know I I I said at twelve minutes he'll have a yellow card just because he can and um, no kept his head completely and kept. So solidly professional, um, which is fantastic. But we've got Luongo playing on great form, and then you know, with 15 minutes to go, whatever it was 20 minutes plus stoppage time, um, we bring on Dominic Ball, and you think, well, we've got Dom Ball as backup to Luongo, and that's where that Lee Evans out. Suddenly, center midfield isn't a worry at all, is it? Um, it's funny how things can turn around what seems quite quickly, but you know, we talk about pairings. I think Luongo and Morsi have been a fantastic pairing over that period of time, but also I think um, big shout out to Wolfie who I think is just getting better and better. I know he still gives people a few hearts and mouth moments and stuff, but he put his foot in really well a few times on Saturday. And his pairing with Burgess, you know, Burgess has to be the most improved player in the squad, doesn't he? And the, you know, he, I thought, he, I didn't think he was good enough. That would be another season to be a regular. I know Edmondson's had his injuries, Keo, and you know all this, but McKenna has really improved Cam Burgess as a player, and that pairing's looking really like they've got good understanding, so it helps when you've got we've talked about Walton having a um confidence and inform. We've talked about the centre halves being really informed and working well together, the two centre midfielders working together. We've only talked about Broadhead and Wes, chappers and Hurst, We've talked about Greg Lee, who's a great replacement for Lee Davis. So I guess we just need to talk about Harry Clark being pretty good as well. And, then you know, that says, that, but doesn't that say something that we can go through the side and talk about the strength in, in quality, which is so, so bloody brilliant, isn't it? It's,
0: it's so good. and Actually, Liam, I thought this sort of segues nicely in the sort of togetherness between the squad and the fans because yeah. at the end there, Harry Clark, of course, was leading with the fist pumps. But, yeah, 3,000-plus town fans in that away end. And, yeah, that those scenes at the end was fantastic. I actually had to – I didn't run because I didn't want to make a fool of myself and fall over. But I was the other end, so, um, of course, I wanted to go and, of course, capture those scenes. So I made sure to get there as fast as I could without – make it for myself. And I was able to, of course, capture those scenes. But for yourself in the way and seeing that togetherness, seeing just those players, just all of them, just hugging, enjoying the time. And then, of course, embracing the Town fans as well. What, What was that like and thoughts on that?
2: That was special. I'll tell you what, at the end of the game, that's the happiest I've ever seen McKenna. He looked like he really enjoyed that. And I've never, like, I've seen him happy, but not like the fist pumps and going over... Yeah, that was really good. And then the players coming over, they were the same. It was and even Keo, who didn't play, didn't necessarily just... He's more of a coach now, isn't he? And he just went over and had a great time. And, yeah, the away end, obviously, we know what they chanted and everything. And, yeah, it was really good. That was... I think that's also... John would agree with me why it was such a special away day, I think, as well, because... The place didn't want to leave either. Did they? I think they honestly would have stayed there and chatted for five minutes and then gone. They weren't in a hurry at all. But no, that was that was really good. Enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah, I can't agree more, Liam. I think um, that's always when it became a statement. Yeah, you know, because it meant you felt it was a tangible step forward. Yeah. It's in our own hands now. We are. We continue this run. We we're, we're in charge of our destiny, and we've done another terrific away performance. Um, kind of dealt with the challenges that, that 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 derby brought to us and overcome them. And I think you know you look at I I, I was watching Wes Burns and Chaplin at first because they were both on absolutely on the knees, and then you see the squad coming together. You see Wes Burns then suddenly pump up and start shouting. You see that on the camera. And you see the smiles, and Chappers then steps forward, and he's like, absolutely milking it. And White, and that's that's totally positive. I'm not criticizing him for that. I'm you know, and McKenna talks about enjoying those moments. If, as a squad, you can't enjoy having the, the derby fans are left by then, maybe the ground far. was empty, wasn't it? it literally, literally, the ground people. was empty, yes, yeah. 3,100 of us, or whatever, and just a real happy atmosphere. And they were milking it without being cocky or arrogant, they were just enjoying it. And I think that that has to be, uh, you know, something that if you soak up, you have to enjoy. And then hopefully you think, God, we can do this. And the confidence that should bring, it was fantastic. It, it really felt like I was there in a special moment. You know, we've all remember certain games for certain things. And I think it will be that ending that I will remember most about that and the first time we started singing songs that I haven't heard us sing with such Gusto for a long time. Um, so yeah, and I, I was quite carried away afterwards saying, Ross, I think that I said to you in game day that we're going up, um, I, I, don't know, I, I don't know if that's going to be by winning the playoffs or going up automatically, but watching McKenna and his team and what it meant to them and what it meant to the fans and that overall togetherness and connection was infectious. It was absolutely powerful and tangible. And uh, it gets—I'm getting passionate thinking about it. it. was amazing. So I think it's just—it's time to go. is it's time to go. It's getting excited. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it as well, you know, being a town fan, but being pitch side trying to capture all the emotions from the players, you know, getting the Harry Clark fist pump and I didn't know where to go really. I was just I was thinking, should I get fan pictures? Should I get players pictures? I just did not know. Everyone was just so happy and even like the substitutes, you know, Carl Edwards was doing his dance, he he didn't even come on the pitch, but he he was loving it and it was just great to see. Um and I'm hopefully we're gonna see more more scenes. We've got eight big games to go, boys. Um, and we'll sort of end the video and end and the podcast talking about the Wickham game slash eight games to go, you know, as John said, in our own hands. But Liam, any other business from the Derby game? Anything else you want to mention before we move on?
2: The only thing I did want to say was on the car home, we had BBC Radio Derby on and listened to Paul Warren and what he had to say about town. And he was very complimentary towards Ipswich. And he said that was the best team they've played. Very complimentary towards Burns. And it was just really refreshing to hear a manager be honest, complimentary, but not in a sarcastic way or trying to play mind games and be open about it. Because normally we used to managers come into Portman road and they'll just have S Housery and say, we're the better team. We should have won. It was the ref, but it wasn't like that at all. He was like, literally, we're playing one of the best teams in the league. We need to get to this level to get promoted. And it was almost like a reality check for Derby, if anything. So it was quite interesting, refreshing, and quite nice to hear how far we've sort of come really. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, yeah, and normally when we play a Paul Warren side, he normally gets the better of us. But this exactly. is the second time yeah. in a row. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of... Ch- I and mean, I think the other record is after international breaks. We normally have a bad record, but we come into this one and one. So, Kieran McKenna and co, just getting all those records out of the way. Boom, boom, boom. Lovely job. Um Well, John, I think we spoke about a Derby win enough here. It's great it's great to talk about it because it was a great win. But I think we should move on um, and talk maybe about the, the annual... Um, accounts that be put out for town um, for the year to June 2022. Um, there's a loss of uh, £12.6 million in a year. Um, the first season following, of course, Game Changers' um, ownership. Um, your thoughts on that? Of course, a lot of investment has been made by the new ownership in terms of Portman Road signings, um, wages and all that. Um, of course, I don't know much about this really, to be honest. I'm, I'm not the money man. But um, we, it's just been... <laughs> Improvement in the investment in previous years under of course Marcus Evans,
1: yeah. I mean, again, money isn't necessarily the thing I'm most interested in about football, but I know that this is an investment by the ownership group into our club. And it's from what I've read and um, looked at, it's things like extra positions, extra jobs in the infrastructure of the club. Um, you know, we used to kind of not laugh, but Look at how many jobs Leo Neal was meant to do, and now we look at how many people have got specific jobs, and how Ashton has got the people in line to do their job. And Ashton's job as CEO is to go and make sure they're all doing their job and have that overall strategy. Um, but you know whether it's recruitment team, you know, remember under Cook we're laughing at the recruitment room. We we're laughing. What is this recruitment room? We now got people who do that. We've got the, the physios but it's not just the physios, it's, it's the extended team now as well. And obviously I think I read, was it 16 extra positions? You know, they all take salaries, don't they? And you know, it's that kind of infrastructure. And we, you can tangibly see the changes at Portman Road, can't you? You know what Game Changer and Three Lions uh, have been about. And you know, the work's already starting for the, uh, I'm going to use the word egress, uh, and, uh, the pitch. And, you know, let's be fair, Derby's pitch look fantastic. Let's be fair, Portman Road really looks like a, a farmer's field at times at the moment. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're doing their very best. But Game Changer are spending money, so they're investing in the club. I don't think it's just things like ridiculous one-off signing fees or buying a couple of players, you know, and then forgetting it and not investing after that. We're, you look at the signing of somebody. Let's look at Leif Davis. So if we're talking about transfer phase, if we go up and he continues to develop, he's going to be worth five seven times what we pay for him. Potentially, the same with Harry Clark. Potentially, just you know, it's that kind of signing people to make money if we have to sell them. Um, that's investment on the player's side, but the, the infrastructure and um, the kind of the infrastructure of the actual um, ground and Playford Road and all that, but also the, the infrastructure staffing wise as well. So listen, they're proper business people who know about money. I and these don't forget these are already out of date, aren't they? are for yeah, last season, yeah. really. So you know, let's just. I'm going to leave them to the accountants, and I, I I just feel that from everything that we hear from you know, the three lines who I think are still really responsible and caring and passionate people. And then game changer and look at Jason Schechteller when he came over and spoke, that's not just for our benefits. You saw the the whites of the eyes of the players and the the smiles when they're embracing. That's proper investment in the club, isn't it? It's not just a coat of paint on the turnstile or whatever and a new banner hero there. It's proper investment in the club. So I'm sure they're doing a very good job at making the right investments. So I'm going to just say thank you for... It feels it feels like our club's in really good hands, honest, caring. Yes, they will want to make money at some point because it's a business investment, but and they're not being shy about that, but equally they're willing to um, speculate to accumulate, which is all good by me as long as um, they keep doing that.
0: And I think every football club has losses anyway, don't they? Every club has losses because you're going to. But um, I think the investment put in from the Game Changer and Co have been fantastic. Liam, thoughts on this quickly before we move on?
2: Yeah, just quickly, pretty much echo what John says that I know my limited knowledge of football finances, that I know FFP were all right because it's in wages. But yeah, it just shows how serious they are and how much they care. And as you said, we know how much. They want to make money, of course, and what they're in this for. But, yeah, it just shows how serious are. And it's everything from jobs to painting turnstiles to banners. We never had this under Evans at all, did we? Like, it's completely refreshing. And, yeah, I, I want to say thanks to them as well just because they care. And even if they do end up selling the club one day down the line, at least you can sort of say thank you to them for turning the club around. So, yeah, that's Give you some quick thoughts there, Ross. <laughs> that's
0: fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we're not the money men. We're just, we're just, of course. Yeah, just want to chat. Um, so a serious chat there. And of course, there there is going to be a fans forum uh, this Wednesday evening at Portland Road. Uh, Kieran McKenna, uh, Michael Leary, and Mark Ashton will be answering questions from, I think, um, maybe fans in attendance. Of course, it'll be live streamed. Um, so we'll find out maybe more about that, and if there, any questions come up about that. Um, So there we go. Uh, well. Some serious chat to the strike. Um, some silly stuff to to end the podcast. Um, before, of course, we look ahead to, to eight big games in the league. Uh, John Watson versus Liam going head to head. He'll be crowned champion this week. Um, a very quick turnaround for the strike. We had one on Thursday, which was a uh, a big battle between um, two fine gentlemen in the last podcast. I've completely forgot who was on the last pod. I know it was Tom and somebody. And I'm now feeling really bad who was on the pod last time. I'll figure out who that was in a second. But um, we've got four questions. Um damn it, I forgot who that was already. I'm so sorry to that oh 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 I forgot. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Do you know John? Was it Matt
1: Macon? Beth no. was that the week before?
0: That's the week before. I'm gonna quickly get it up. I feel so sorry. I lost oh, the it, you know. it was Kieran the day de- he was making the Welshman's debut. Sorry, Kieran. I'm so sorry. Um you had a great debut. You had a great debut. Um Oh, dearie me. I just speak to too many people. We had a lot of people on game day on Saturday. So trying to remember. Anyway, before I dig myself more of a hole. Four questions, boys. (sighs) Starting off with uh, one player that I somewhat remember is Matty Bloomfield, of course, who's now the new Wickham manager. Um, He made one appearance for town, replacing which player in a League Cup defeat at Knox County? We lost in the League Cup against Knox County. Uh, was it Alan Marne, Ian Westlake or Dean Bowditch? So Matty Bloomfield, it was an early substitute. I think it was like the 37th minute he came on for one of these three men. Um, his only town appearance in the League Cup. Uh, what do you reckon then, boys? I'm
1: going for Alan Marne.
2: I have gone for Ian Westlake. I don't know why, but that's stuck in my brain somewhere. If that's right or wrong, I don't know. But for some reason, that rings a bell. You're wrong, sorry, my friend. It is <laughs> I knew I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. But it is Alan Mann. Um, so John
0: is starting off with a win, but that really, it's you know, shot in the dark sometimes. But um, yeah, one 0 My one.
1: logic in that was Alan Mann got injured a couple of times, and he's he's the he, when you said he went off early, you know that that's all that you know. I'll play tonight. Gave too much yeah. away in
0: that question. I just said he just replaced him, but that's fine. No, you got to take it, but John, if you, that works out well. And uh, question two is actually on Alaman. So I'm just linking up the questions. Um, he scored one goal in 12 games during his loan spell, but which team did he score against? Was it Bradford City, Burnley or Watford? Um, it wasn't actually a bad goal. Not, not a bad little finish from him, Aleman. What a bad little lone player, I think. Because he was on loan was from...
1: Player we were desperate to keep. We yeah. all really liked him. He was a, he was a really uh, good player. And I think he would have had... I remember wanting him to stay. Can't yeah. remember who he scored against, so that's the problem. We'll, we'll
0: find out. I think it was a 1-0 win, if I remember. If, I, if that's wrong, then I should have got my stats right. But um, I do know who he scored against. It is one of these three teams. Bradford City, Burnley or Watford. I may quickly find that goal. Just to... Uh... Cross the T's and all that. Um, let me just quickly get the goal up. But what do you reckon, then, boys? Well, it was a one 0 win. Okay. okay, Bradford John.
2: I've gone for Burnley. I do remember him, and he was a good player, as John said. Yeah, yeah.
0: Johnny's right though. It is Bradford City at the Valley Parade. A two, a one-nil win. But John makes Ooh. it two-nil. So going into question three, Liam, you need this to clinch it. And we mentioned him earlier, Nathan Broadhead is the next question. He celebrates his birthday this week. Um, Alan Marn also celebrates his birthday. That's why he's got mentioned. Um, Matt Bloomfield got mentioned because it's, we've got Wickham and he's their manager. But Nathan Broadhead celebrates his birthday this month. But what is his middle name? Is it George, Paul or Michael? And um, I've used the options here to sort of uh, as link to town managers as well because one of them is a the correct answer. But, of course, George Burley, Paul. So many pools and then Michael Nick McCarthy, of course. But is it George, Paul, or Michael Nathan, George Broadhead, Nathan, Paul Broadhead, or Nathan, Michael Broadhead? Can Liam get one back, or is John going to make it 3 0? Um, that'd be a good, good chance. I'm just going to get the answer up quickly. There it is. I'm. Right, what do I'm you reckon? For Paul. Paul for John.
2: I'm going for George.
0: And the correct answer, sadly, it is Paul. So, John does make it 3-0 um, going into the final question. There's no chance for Liam to get back in this, but we're going to do fourth question, and can Liam make sure it's not a whitewash? We shall wait
2: and see. We play for pride here, don't I? Yeah, you've got to play for pride. i
1: have got to buy a lucky ticket because my look's just... On a, I'm on a bit of a stretch here, so, it you is. know... It is. Most it of is. this is guesswork. It's not knowledge.
2: No,
0: no. Um, well, link it up to um, Nathan Broadhead's middle name being Paul... The question four and the final question is on Paul Green, um, who celebrates his birthday this month for former Loney. Um, What's his squad number
1: during oh, his nervous. time at
0: town? 16, 25 or
1: 29? You, oh, you don't know. <laughs> I've written down a number which you didn't give me.
0: Brilliant. Oh, there we go then. 16, 24, uh, 25 or 29.
1: What do you reckon? Uh, I've, changed, I've changed it. Okay. I'm so well,
0: convinced
1: the only thing I thought I knew wasn't even an option brilliant
0: what what show us your answer And okay 16 what was the original
1: one you're going for I went for 15 and I was convinced I've seen a photo of him recently from town with 15 on his back so it must have been a 16 that's all that's all I'm thinking
2: fair play what do you reckon then Liam I'm going to go 29 I'm sure people are listening to this shouting aren't they saying we've got it wrong but <laughs> go for it
0: uh I'm sorry to say, Liam. You're wrong. And
2: John is right. It's 4 0. It is 16. <sighs> wow. This is my worst edition ever on the strike. I, I won it previously. I did all right on my first attempt. And this time, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah awesome. I think John, you know, he he's just got on his A game. He's he's done his research, done his prep. 4 0 in, but John, there is a tiebreaker needed. Um Shall we go for it? There's a chance here for Liam to get this back. Of course, of course he has to get it bang on. He has to get it bang on to win outright. But if he gets closer, to so see, at least he gets a point. It'll make it 4 1. But there's a chance for you, Liam, my friend, to win it all. And uh, if you're playing at home, I hope you've enjoyed. Let us know how you got on. Um, final question is on Frank Yallop. He celebrates his birthday this uh, month. I think actually tomorrow. Um, so you could be listening to this on his birthday. So there we go. Uh, but how many goals did he score for Town in three hundred and eighty-five games? Of course, scored some notable goals against Tottenham and May United. But did he score any more?
2: Um, is this before your time, Liam, or is this? I am familiar with Frank Yallop. Hmm. Um, Got a story about him. He, my friend, always have a season ticket with as a family friend. So I should really know the answer to this. Ooh, there we go. <sighs> it's fine. I, yeah, I have a little think. Have a little think. But yeah, I said it,
0: I, I got two goals for you. You know, Spurs and May goals. What crackers! What they were. I think it ended a four-year wait for a goal. So uh, don't know if that helps anymore. Three hundred eighty-five games. Of course, recently been inducted into the Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Frank. The Canadian, um, although born in Watford, um, but of course moved to Canada at a very young age. Um, but yeah, 385 games. How many goals? Start with you then, John. What do you reckon?
1: I have gone for 17, but I think it's probably too many. Okay. But why? Okay. He played a lot of games and he was such a terrific player. You yeah. remember him fondly, um, but. Can't remember. I don't think I can remember many of his goals. So I think I've probably over egged the pudding, but I've gone for 17. That's fine.
0: All right, Liam. That gives you maybe an extra chance now to, to change your answer if you want to or allow it. 49. 49? Yeah. John just said 17 and you think you over egged it and you've gone 49. Yeah, I've,
2: yeah, I. Do you want me to explain to you my logic? I think he scored more goals than you realised. I know he was a defender, but yeah, I think he scored more goals than you realised. And I just wanted to go higher, so I was just guessing. Uh, Well, the correct answer is eight goals. (laughs) 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 Not even close. No, that is shocking. That is really bad. Um, <laughs> oh, you,
1: you really had me worried for a second there. Because I, oh, <laughs> really, I, yeah, I don't remember being a prolific, because he obviously played a lot right back as well as... Um, sure. um,
0: yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, just 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 eight goals. Um so yeah, not forty-nine. <laughs> not 17. I think I was going for the higher and I just aimed yeah.
2: far too high there. I didn't thought you I? were gonna go
0: low for some reason. when when, I, when you saw seventeen, I thought, oh, he's gonna go low He It could go eight, but um I want to give you a pity point really, Liam, but I'm not. Um I think mean, we should just move on. Um I think it's best. yeah, uh John, um speech as always. Um another great addition of the strike there. Um and you've won five nil basically, because you've got the tiebreaker closest as to-
1: well, I me enjoy. and Liam arranged it beforehand that we'd go for different answers. We didn't really, but just because we split the these, prize. Really, yeah, <laughs> what, we, what we thought we wanted to do to kind of illustrate, it's good not to concede anything, and it's good to keep your goal difference increasing by keeping the run going. So we just, you know, we went different answers and, uh, and took our chances.
2: Fair play,
0: fair play, fair play. But now it's all about taking part, Liam. I think it was great to have you involved. So good effort, my friend. Um, and have a good edition of The Strike. Um, well, boys, um, it's been another great podcast. Um, of course, we've got Easter Monday. Oh, no, sorry, Easter Easter weekend. Why was I Easter Monday? It is going to be Easter Monday. We have got a game against Cheltenham. We have got Good Friday against Wickham, but we've got Easter. Um, hope you're enjoying that. You've got your Easter eggs ready, sort of, John. I know you've got two two twins, so I'm sure they've been asking for Easter eggs.
1: Yeah, well, I've just... About 20 minutes ago, I got one delivered to me. So I'm looking forward to having a little Cadbury's cream egg after the pod. Um, I need to go and buy a few more, actually, to be honest. Um, but I gave myself a bit of an Easter treat today, Ross.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring this up, my friend. And yeah. this is exciting news. And I've been seeing so many people on Twitter. I think even another member of the Coway posse's also mentioned that he's done this as well. But, John, I'll let you take it away to bring the news to everyone.
1: Oh. Without giving my age away, I've been supporting town what 37, 38 years, that kind of amount of time. And obviously lived in Sunderland, I live in Donny now, so it's a bit of a hike. But I've only gone and bought myself a season ticket today for next year. For the first for the first time ever. I thought, well, and this is my logic, worst case scenario, we're in League One. I don't want to go to Fleetwood and Morecambe and Accrington like I've done three times in the last three years. I'm going to drive to Portman Road every week, every time instead. And if we are in the championship, I'll just have to go a few more times to a few grounds and uh, and all the journeys, I'll drive down to Ipswich instead. So I'm going to have my first ever season ticket. And that feels like a very good Easter treat. So yeah, I'm buzzing today because of that.
0: Oh, mate. Yeah. I, remember, I know you mentioned it um, when we are in Derby, but to actually see it confirmed and in, you know, it's, oh, it's great just seeing it. I, Liam, that's just another thing that has just been massive with this new ownership and this this team, you know, people are wanting to get season tickets. I think I saw someone saying they ain't got a season ticket first time in like 20 or 30 years. They're actually getting one. So I'm sure you're, you're excited as,
2: as well as everyone else. Yeah, same. It was similar to me. I had a season ticket when I was youngst when I was young. I stopped under the McCarthy era because it was so bad to watch. And then during COVID, I went as much as I could. And then I was the same, took the plunge and I got one myself. And I've renewed mine already for next season as well, because I just don't want to miss a game at the moment. It's just so exciting and so good to watch. And just seeing the team develop and McKenna, and it's just great to be a part of it every week. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely.
0: Well, um, Well, boys, as we mentioned earlier, it's in our own hands. Eight big games to go. Bring it on. John, you're looking forward to Wickham first up. Good Friday. Sold out. It sounds like a port on road again. Um, you looking forward to that one?
1: Very much so. Yep. Heading down Friday morning um, on Good Friday. And looking forward to seeing some faces and then the build-up and then getting in that ground and hoping, hoping that we can build an atmosphere. And like, we were talking, like Liam and I were talking about earlier on, and that you were talking about, that atmosphere that like you have photographed in if we can create some of that, that would be a, a brilliant because away, away matches are a different experience than home matches, but um, there's nothing like doing the business at home, isn't there? So um, hopefully it'll be a cracking atmosphere. Let's hope there's some bright blue um, sky and sunshine and that spring air and then a cracking game and hopefully a few goals as well. So I think we've got to go in that game confident. I know um, that, the boys will probably talk about it in more detail, but yeah, you would be looking to go on and continue this run, won't you? And we can will probably be quite wary and fearful of coming. I know their, their football styles probably changed since Ainsworth left. I mean, um, maybe Ainsworth's hacker, um, and all that. Oh, I saw more of that over the weekend. Enough of that, anyway. I'm obsessed by watching how bad that is. It's like a bad episode of I don't know what it is. it's just dreadful. But it's not going well for him at QPR so far, is it? Um, but Let's hope that his Wickham side aren't the pain in the bum that sometimes can be to us. And then we can go out, like we've proved against Derby and Bolton and some of these other tough games of late and really perform well. And then let's just keep taking care of business. I know it's a cliche, but one game at a time. Let's, I know we're talking about the eight games, but I'm not really looking at those fixtures. Let's go on to Friday and focus on doing the job and making that really count.
0: Definitely. And one thing I'm, I'm looking forward to is that we've actually got a good Easter weekend because last year it got sort of ruined because we had Rotherham that got moved to a Saturday on Sky and then we had Wigan on a Tuesday night. But we have got a nice Easter Monday game. We've got a nice Good Friday game. Um, Liam, thoughts on that? Um, as I said, the boys will do a, a flagship show later in the week. But um, you said you've got some insight on Wickham because you uh, know some Colchester fans. the so Of course, Matt Bloomfield was there at the start of the season, but now he's Wickham. He's going to be in the dugout. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be a big day for him. But Yeah, thoughts on that quickly.
2: Yeah, I've got some friends at CoU fans and he plays very similar to Ainsworth. It's why they brought him in. And he tries to play football and he doesn't have much S-Housery. So I'm less fearful than under an Ainsworth Wickham eleven. to be honest. I think there's no reason why we can't beat them and outplay them. And I think we should just turn up. Everyone does their jobs and I think we'll win. I'm quite confident, in all honesty. There's no reason why not.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Of course, we we need to do one over them because they beat us early in the season at Adams Park, which was a horrible, horrible day at um at Adams Park. Um, but yeah, we've got we, of course McKenna's first ever game in charge was that that win against Wickham at Portland Road just before New Year. So um, yeah, I'm sure he wants to get another win against them. Um, well, boys, I'm going to quickly mention Tractor Girls uh, game got postponed. <laughs> John, I left you at the Airbnb in Derby early in the morning to travel up. to to Felix Stowe and then yeah unfortunately the game was postponed Um, I think Felix Stowe the town team worked their hardest to get the game on Um, but it was just an area of the pitch it was just unsafe the player and the referee and despite doing match inspections and stuff um, had to postpone it it was it was sad to see because of the you know the build-up to the game tickets sold and so many fans looking forward to it But I think it was the right thing to do with Um, you know, safety of players and all that sort of stuff. But um, it's just a shame that momentum the Tractor Girls had in terms of building up to that game because it's a potential title decider. But um, I just wanted to mention it. Um, there'll be no Tractor Girls talk this week because we can't talk about that game. But um, yeah, it was a shame. But just one of those things. But they've got some big games to come still. Um, well, boys, that is it. It's been another great podcast, another KOA fan social. Uh, thanks to Ginger Pickle, as ever, for sponsoring Manscape as well. Um, use code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. And Ginger Pickle, the goats, are marketing. But, John, any other business from yourself?
1: No, just to say thanks for having me on. Loving to chat with you, Liam. Um, and let's get make it um, an extra win on Friday and keep this run going. And I hope as we listen, I'll probably be listening to the main pod on the way down on Friday, hopefully. Getting all enthusiastic and all optimistic, and then it'd be great to think that we can just keep this going. So, yeah, come on, you Bruce.
0: Love it, my friend. Can't wait to see you at Portland Road once again. And Liam, over to you,
2: my friend. Any other business? Just wanted to say the same as you, really, John. Yeah, great chat to you and you, Ross. Thanks having me back on again for my re return. Um, and yeah, let's let's get another win and let's keep the form going and keep another clean sheet up the switch.
0: <laughs> My friend, love it. Well, John, Liam, thanks for joining me. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, of course, as ever, follow us on all the socials, follow Liam and John on the socials as well. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Kings of Anglia. Um, leave us a review as well. Always like those five star reviews. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Um, as ever, as I said, Manscaped, ginger pickle for sponsoring the podcast. The boys are back later in a week to bring you a, a show ahead of the Good Friday game against Wickham. Um hope you have a good week. Goodbye for now.